Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. A blessed epiphany season this Tuesday, February the 8th, as the light of Jesus shines on us from Matthew chapter 15. It's really kind of fascinating to see what happened to this point, because you see the feeding of the 5,000, you see Jesus walking on the water, and immediately he grabs Peter out of that water and continues his healing ministry on the, in Gennesaret. And as we see all of that, we realize the, the power of Christ, and then he goes back, which we've seen quite often here in Matthew, to teach, to teach when the Pharisees kind of get excited, get a little uh, frustrated by the amount of, uh, well, not following the rules, if you will. And so as we look at that today, that's a simple question. Why don't they wash their hands before they eat? Sounds like a good question for the 21st century. What's the issue? Are you saying you shouldn't wash your hands before you eat? All of this comes together, but we'll find out more how this relates to Christ and also an important word, adiaphra. We'll get into that today for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome back regular guest, Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO. And, uh, well, you're on twice a month. We always hear about you. Are you in Minnesota right now, or are you somewhere else, I am, I am down south, back in the St. Louis area, but I might as well be in Minnesota because we just suffered a major winter storm, which up, up in Minnesota, you guys get a major storm. The next day, everything's back to normal, right? The, stro- the streets right. are clear and everything. Here, we get a major storm. It might be it might be a week before we're finally shoveled out. <laughs> so <laughs> well, so you, everyone was okay? Everyone's fine. That's right. But it was Good. cold. In fact, we had to we had to cancel part of our district convention because people couldn't get to the convention center and stuff. But I'm in a nice warm home, so I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't no. matter. No. And it's a good it's a good reminder for us, Pastor, is that this is the the year for most of our districts, which is 35 districts in the Lutheran Church, Missouri, ascended, where each district has their own district convention. Some had it last year, but most of them delayed a year. And so South Southern Illinois had theirs for our district in Minnesota North. We have ours in May. And of course, it makes total sense that the first district convention in the Lutheran Church, Missouri, ascended every year is in January in North Dakota. In North Dakota, right. <laughs> it's just a really funny dynamic. So, so keep that in your prayers as people gather. It really is a, a good time for people to gather as saints and, and brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's, it's always a little bit testy at times, but overall, it's a great time for fellowship and being together, even if there's a ton of snow. Yep. So, Pastor, anything else going on for you? Uh, no, not really. Uh, in fact, I know everyone else is kind of getting ready, gearing up for Lent. But uh, as a retired pastor, no, I'm just taking it day by day. So, uh, no, we're, we're doing fine. Good. Well, Pastor, as we look at Matthew chapter 15, can you begin our time in prayer? Oh, Lord, uh, uh, this is this is not the most pleasant text, okay? Uh, we, we look for things of encouragement and joy. We're not going to find a lot of that here but, but on the other hand, Lord, there's such a crucial message, because in this text, you're going to diagnose what our problem is. And until we understand what our problem is, uh, we cannot really rejoice 
in the fact that you've given us a cure, uh, a salvation, uh, a finishing of the, the problem completely and fully. So help us to hear the law, help us to understand what our problem really is, and then help us to remember that that has all been answered already uh, through the work of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions concerning our study today, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org. And as we look at all of Matthew, it really is something where it's it, it, it all links together. Obviously, every book of the Bible links together perfectly in, in, in the way that God wants and his, his will and, and his understanding. But also, as you look at all of Matthew, we have gone very slowly through Matthew, and that's our goal to go all the way to the week after Easter. And so if you have any questions for this or any other part of Scripture, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org. Now, Pastor, I'm going to start by reading all of our verses, which is verses 1 through 20, and then coming back to hear your first thoughts and introductory thoughts. And like Pastor said, this is, um, I don't know, I think it's kind of a fun text. I wouldn't say it's a real gospel-rich text, um, but it, it, it is something <laughs> That's that, an understatement. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, it's, it's, Brady, before you read the whole thing, could I make just two comments, though? Just two. Well, well, number one, it's that because because I'm a pastor who likes to tell people about a God the Father who is a God of just total grace and mercy. I like to tell them about a Jesus Christ who is a God who who loves us enough that He wants to forgive all our sins. In fact, He wants to do that so much He'd die to accomplish that. That He's a God, the Holy Spirit, who all He wants to do is give you faith, and He wants to give it as a free gift. Doesn't require anything for you, and and none of that's in this text. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe Brit, you do have your your Jesus goggles, and so maybe you'll see something that I missed in here. But I I didn't see right. any of that. Here's the other thing, like you said, we want to talk about Adiaphora, and I'm afraid I'm going to say some things in this show that may offend some of the people that are out there listening. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. Part of that's probably, probably sinful on my part, because there are probably people who need to be offended. In fact, this is a text about Jesus offending people, and we'll see he intentionally, purposely offends them. It's not an accident. He wants to offend these people, and sometimes, I guess, people need to be offended. But at yet the same time, I'm, I'm concerned that, that, that I, I don't say something that takes the weak Christian, and they say, oh, I don't like what that Pastor Lekomsky says. I don't want to listen to him again, because I really do want to tell people about the God of mercy and the Jesus of forgiveness and the spirit of faith. So if I start to be too mean, <laughs> would you pull on my reins or something and say, calm down a little bit or cool off or whatever, okay? Because it's not my intent to offend, but, but there are some offensive things in here that we need to talk about. So, well, anyway. Well, I'll start by saying, take a deep breath. Okay. We're going to get through this. <sighs> All right. It's the, Holy, the Holy Spirit's going to guide us, and, and uh, we're going we're gonna to see Jesus, because that's exactly what he said happens when we're in his word. So um, we're going to do all 20 verses, and we'll come back and get even more first thoughts on this part of Scripture. So verse 1. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What, do, what 
you would have gained from me is given to God, then he need not honor his father. So for their sake, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with the unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Well, like you said, there's not much gospel, but you end that with saying this is the gospel of the Lord. Yeah, 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 as we do. And and you wonder sometimes on a Sunday morning, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, so Pastor, give us some of your first thoughts. Well, okay, I, I think the thing right off the bat is the Pharisees and scribes come to Jesus from Jerusalem. Uh, do, mm-hmm. do you know what it is to be swatted? You've never been swatted. I haven't been, but do you know what it is to be swatted? Have you ever heard that phrase used? I yeah, I've heard the phrase. Tell us more. Okay, well, well, it's the idea. See, normally the police come and they knock on your door and they make an inquiry, right? If they're doing uh, an investigation, yeah. they come and they check things out. But to be swatted is to say, oh, we know already you're doing evil. We know you're doing wrong. We're not going to knock okay. on your door. We're going to kick your door in. We're going to come in with guns blazing. Uh, this is a big controversial thing that's going on in our country, but it, but it happens. It happens. And I think you need to realize that's what's going on here. Uh, these are not people that have been with Jesus over the past months. Uh, they haven't been listening to what he said. Uh, uh, these are people sent from Jerusalem, and they're a hit squad because they already know that Jesus is doing wrong, and they've got the evidence because the evidence is your disciples aren't washing their hands before they eat. Okay, so please understand, this is not a friendly inquiry. Uh, And in fact, you can see it in the Greek, the way it's phrased. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? See, it's a fact. We know that. And now you just got to explain how they could do something horrible like this. And and by the way, let me make it perfectly clear, kids. We're not saying you shouldn't wash your hands before you eat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We always have to clarify that because there's some kid out there who's like, hey, mom, we don't have to wash our hands. No, no. This was a tradition. It had, had nothing to do with health. Uh, uh, and we'll talk about what it had to do with, what they thought it was accomplishing. But but that's that's the point. Uh, you're breaking the tradition of the elders. Now, now, here's the really cool thing I did not know before. And, you know, that's why I love, love working with you, Brady, because you yeah. push me into text that I maybe haven't looked at as closely as I should have. Um, uh, and in fact, it's this text. Is this in our, our lectionary? Do you know offhand? Have, I did not. I did not look that up. I'm okay, not sure because well, I went through my notes and I could not find any notes. I, I know we deal with similar texts. I think in Mark or Luke, uh, Mark. I think it is. 
but I couldn't find any notes for this. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I, 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 here's the point. Parabino. Parabino. That's the word for break uh, in the text. Your disciples break the tradition of the elders. Uh, and, and parabino is a picture word. Even as break is a picture word, right? I can remember my wife getting her brand new iPhone and we're driving up to the store to get her a case for the iPhone. And as she opens the car door, guess what falls out of her purse? Her new uh, package. Her, no, package. No, her new phone. And it shatters. It shatters on the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my and that's what it is to break something. So that's a very, very picture uh, a word. Uh, the problem is, though, uh, that's not the picture of parabino. <laughs> uh, mm, parabino okay. means to, to uh, step over something. Uh, and I think there could be one of two senses here. Uh, the sense is the tradition lays a line out. So there's a line laid out by the tradition, and your disciples have stepped over that line. Uh, and, and we talk that way, don't we? We talk about, uh, um, well, we say that, right? You, you've, you've stepped over the line. You've gone beyond the line. You know the phrase I'm trying to come up with here. Mm-hmm. You've, mm-hmm. you've crossed the line. That's what I'm looking for. Crossed you've crossed the yep. line. Uh, although the, the other sense, and, and I kind of think maybe this is more the sense of the word parabino, is, is you walked by the tradition. You walked by the rule. You, you knew it was there, but you didn't even pay any attention to it. You just walked by it. Um, but whatever you want to go with, uh, crossing the line, walking by it, breaking it. I mean, that's obviously the point. You've done something you shouldn't have done. Um, but here's what's neat. This word parabino is never used by Jesus, other than this particular refutation of the Pharisees, you'll never find him saying that that's the problem, that people are parabinoing. You'll never find the apostles in the epistles saying this is the problem, that people are parabinoing, because this isn't the problem. And before we're done today, Jesus is going to show us what the problem is. But let me make it quite clear. The problem isn't that people aren't, uh, that people are, are breaking the rules. That's not mm. the real problem, okay? Because Brady, Brady, if that's the problem, if the problem is we're breaking the rules, what's the simple solution to that problem? Well, just follow the rules. Yeah, exactly. It's easy enough. Right. Just follow the rules if that's the problem. But before we're done today, you're going to find out. If you thought that was a problem, dear listener, that it's just that you're not you're, you're not following the rules, by the time we're done here, you're going to say, no, that's not the issue at all. That I mean, that might be the consequence, but it's not really it's not really the problem that, that we have. It's going to require something better than just following the rules. Um, I was really impressed, Brady, that you said follow the rules, because because yeah. the word that came in my mind is keep keep the rules, and mm-hmm. and that actually is not a bad word. That's a biblical word, uh, and that's a good thing to do. Uh, but see, the problem is keeping is not the same as following. Keeping means you treasure something. You think it's important. You're 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 guarding over it. You're, no one's going to take this away from me. That's the sense of the word keep. Uh, uh, so I I think follow is the is the thing. That's what you're not following the rules. And Jesus is going to illustrate. No, that's not that's not really the issue. <laughs> the issue is a lot bigger than that. That is really really important, and it it brings us back, and partly because on Sunday. Um, we, we are studying the book of Matthew on Sunday morning yes. in my congregation as well. And we went through Matthew four where they're, they're kind of, it's not the interpretive key of the whole book of Matthew, but boy, 
when Jesus is is led by the Holy Spirit out to be tempted by the devil, um, that we see how, okay, what we can't do, Jesus does. What the Israelites couldn't do, Jesus does. Um, where kings are always tempted to, you know, to do this or break the rules or whatever it might be as, as we're talking here. Um, Jesus doesn't break the quote rules, if you can say it that way, but he fulfills the law and he shows us how he fulfills the law. And, and he does it when he's hungry of all things. I mean, just think about yeah. how many bad words and, and how many <laughs> bad decisions we've made because we were hungry. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, and so it, it, it really brings me to this where if you and I are going to look at each other for the, quote, traditions and rules and try to say, well, how come he's not following it and they're not following it without seeing Jesus first and how he fulfilled these laws, that's I mean, you're you're never going to be able to see these these traditions or rules in the right sense, because it's always coming back to me as opposed to seeing Jesus. Any thoughts? I, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, and that's the thing. If we're hearing the law the way we should hear it, and, and this is such a great text for preaching the law, when you're done yeah. hearing it, you're not going to say, well, I guess I need to be better. No, you're going to hear it and say, I, I can't. What am I, what, yeah. am I, what in the world am I going to do? And then, of course, like you said, you're or actually, you're not, Jesus is the one who comes and says, hey, I got an answer for you. I'm the guy you're looking for. I'm the one that can take care of this. Well, we'll get to that more a little bit later. Uh, the other thing I think is neat, uh, and we'll see this confirmed uh, as we move on to the text, Jesus is intentionally uh, aggravating these people. Okay, because yeah. I mean, yeah, he, right. he could have offered some explanation about why they're not washing their feet. But but you see it in the English, but it's really absolutely clear uh, in, in the Greek, because what Jesus response is almost word for word what the Pharisees said to him. Why break? Mm -hmm. uh, 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 but but that's where it changes. See, because he says so. Oh, so you're you're concerned about us breaking your your traditions? Is that right? That's what you are all worked up about. Well, let me tell you this, buddy. Let me tell you this. Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake right. of your tradition? See, uh, and, and like I said, when you look at it in the Greek, you can see he's mocking them. He's making fun of their words, and he's saying, "Oh yeah, you think? Well, let me tell you something, just like we do when we." Get into our, but he wants to. He wants to. Because, see, here's the problem. This tradition about washing their hands, that's all it is. It's a tradition. There's nothing that God says about washing your hands. Now, your doctor probably would tell you to wash your hands, and you ought to listen to your doctor, kids. Okay, your mom tells you to wash it. Listen to your mom, kids. But, but there's no commandment from God about washing your hands. And then he goes and, of course, gives the illustration of where they have taken their tradition to actually contradict a very clear commandment, fourth commandment stuff uh, about what God has told you to do. Uh, do, 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 do you want to say anything more about this or do we want to talk about the, the example well, that Jesus gives or what do you want to do here? I want to go to verse two okay. where, okay, so they were holding on to this tradition. They were saying they're not washing their hands. Well, it, it seems to me that they, they're not, I mean, they're not, they're not crazy. These people are not, they're not, they're not, um, they're not, it's not that they're not intelligent. I mean, they, so where did they get this from? Is this, what is this rule? I mean, we like it, but for them, it sounds like they're pretty convinced that you have to wash your hands. So is that something that's made up or where did they get this from? Okay. So, so here's the thing. And, and, and I'm, I'm kind of jumping the gun here. Uh, Cause when we get into the personal conversation between Jesus and his disciples, uh, the word, um, 
uh, where does the word defiles, the word defiles will be used. Okay. Um, and, and actually, when we get to that, uh, the word in the Greek there doesn't mean defile. It actually means it, it's koine. It means to be common. And so the understanding that these rabbis had is there, there are things that, that the nations do, right? The, the Gentiles, the goyim. Uh, but we don't do those things because we are different. That's what makes you special as a Jew. There are things we do different. And now, of course, they had a whole host of things that the Old Testament commands. Circumcision would be, be chief amongst those uh, sacrifices, what have you. But, but the idea was that that's not enough, you know? Uh, we gotta. If you're really gonna be a good ch religious person, don't you need to do more than what's required? Does that make sense, Brady? Honestly, because mm. right. if you just do what's required, uh, we all agree that's nothing. If you do what's required, and so they added all these other traditions of the elders, as it's said here. And one of those traditions was since we have to be ceremonially pure, that's a big deal that we be pure, that we be clean. Well, then before you eat, because you don't know, Brady. Some foreigner, some uh, Gentile might have touched that food. In fact, probably a lot of the food you're buying, you're buying from Gentiles, you know, because the Jews can't make all the food. So you better be sure and wash your hands and maintain that purity, that distinction, though it makes you different from everybody else. So that, that's where the root of this washing their hands before they eat uh, comes from. And it's, it's really interesting. The laws were intended for the priests. Yeah. And this goes back to Exodus 30 and Leviticus 22. And and they're, I mean, the reality is, is that they weren't completely wrong. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, well, you just you, you are completely outside of, uh, of 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 the of the traditions. Like, yeah, it does say that there. It does say it in those places. Another example where Jesus is saying, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Yeah. And so he's definitely bringing that out. And they are focusing on such a minuscule aspect of it and putting the rules into the disciples who aren't even doing any of the things that they're talking about. So it's not even relatable whatsoever. And I can't even think of a good example. Maybe you have one, but it's like you're doing this one thing and that's what you should be doing. And then you're saying, but why aren't you doing this? Which is completely meant for something else. Yeah, yeah. So that's really where they're totally off. And then ultimately what they're losing is faith because they're not looking to the Lord. They're looking to themselves. And and, and yet, you know, we, we do have to add that, that Jesus, even though he's fulfilling the law, he's also quite clear that there's going to be a change in the law, right? Mm -hmm, that we're not, right. we're not, we're not going to, we, we can, we can, we can actually go and pick grain on the Sabbath. If, if someone's hungry yep. and they need to be fed, you, you can do that. You, if, if your donkey falls in a pit on the Sabbath, you can do that. You can get that donkey out. I, 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 maybe even better example, if someone's in need on the Sabbath, not only should you help them, but, well, yeah, you should. That's that's my point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, mm -hmm. And of course, then you were going to get Paul, and Paul's even going to tell us that the Sabbath day no longer applies to us. Don't let anyone judge you about that. So, so we, we, want, we want to point out that there's something radical going on here, that the old covenant law way of doing things, that's going to be gone. Uh, and you're right. Why is it going to be gone? Because Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of all those things. So if the business about washing was a business about becoming pure, all right, that was the symbolism of the washing. We're going to find out in just a moment that that washing, that ceremonial washing, it, it actually didn't change anything, did it? 
Because the only mm. thing it could really make clean was your hands. <laughs> but that's not where the problem is. The, the, the problem is that we have dirty hands. We got to dirty something else we're going to see before we're done. And, and, and washing hands is not going to take care of the dirty thing that really needs to be clean. But Jesus is, isn't he? Jesus is going to clean that other part of that. I don't want to spoil the fun because we get to the I end know. and Jesus says, here's where the real problem is. But, but anyway, I hope that helps answer that question. Absolutely. So let's read this because verses, you know, I just want to read three through nine. Okay. Because you want to see the whole thing. We have a few minutes left before our break, but I wanted to read all of this because it can get pretty like, what? Wait, what did he just say? Even in the English Standard Version, I'm like, wait, did I say that right when I read it at the beginning? So we make sure that we're, we're on the same page. So verses three, we'll go through verse nine. He answered them. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. You know what? I'm going to stop there, Pastor. Okay. Because <laughs> that's too good. Right there. Like you said, he's not like, well, let me let me break this down for you. No, he's like, all right, so why do you break the commandments? What is he doing? So, so. I think it might be worthwhile to to point out that there are three kinds of laws you're going to find in the Old Testament. That there is ceremonial law, and as you said, it has to do with what the priests do, what you do in terms of your sacrifices, what you do if you've some, some touched a dead person or sinned or whatever that made you ceremonially impure. There are civil laws, just like we have speed limits and what have you. They have laws like that. And then, of course, there is the moral law. Uh, and, and what we see here in this text is a clear distinction between those three things. And essentially, the civil law and, and, and the ceremonial law, that, that's gone. That's out of here. We, we don't really care about that anymore. That was for the Jews. Uh, God gave them those rules. They should follow them. But they're, they're, they're not binding upon us anymore. But the moral law, and that's what he's talking about now, right? That's the moral law that says you should honor your mother and father. That has nothing to do with the civil law. It has nothing to do with the ceremony. It has to do with... What you do when you love your mother and father, you, you honor them, see, because that's the summary of, of the moral law. We should love our neighbor as ourselves. Of course, love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Um, and, and, and that's what he's saying. So you took these other laws, which, by the way, weren't even laws, as you said. <laughs> this wasn't mm -hmm. even a law. This is a tradition you made up to protect protect the, the ceremonial laws. And, and, and yet you take your tradition and, and you wipe out, you make, oh, the word here, to make void, you make it nothing. That's what it literally means. You've taken the word of God, by the way, the word of God, and you've made it into nothing. See, and, and that's the problem. That's the problem with the, the, your, your so-called traditions. Uh, and, and Jesus, he is not concerned about keeping the traditions, but he is very much concerned about uh, the word of God because it's the word that will bring people salvation and faith. And he's very much concerned about loving uh, the neighbor, which is the fruit uh, of that faith that comes from the word of God. And it's, it, it, you know, I like how you keep bringing that back is because they literally said, break the tradition of the elders. Yeah. I mean, they're not even getting the words right where they say, why are you breaking the word? Why are you, why are you not following the word of God? Um, it's, it's simply the traditions. The language reflects where they're at in faith, that they're not even speaking about the Lord. They're speaking about the tradition of the elders, yeah. which just to be very clear, we're not against tradition. This is not like, a, oh, tradition's bad or something along those lines, but definitely shows that when those traditions become the main thing, even this is funny. My daughter's a swimmer on the high school swim team. And sometimes they, 
well, girls' sports is so different than guys' sports, but you know they have all these traditions. We're gonna camp after the first week, and then we're gonna we're gonna have food at this gathering. We're gonna go to Olive Garden after this meet, and then we're gonna go and have pizza after this one. And I remember my daughter with some of her friends when they were hanging out were kind of like, you know what, tradition's a dangerous word. They said. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's in the Bible. I mean, what's going on here that we're still, we're still bound like a bunch of Pharisees, you know? Um, so it's just a good reminder for us of, of how traditions, although good can lead us away from the main point for the swim team. Your goal is to swim. Yeah. Olive Garden is a secondary issue. You got to swim. And for us, it's about faith. And if the traditions are keeping us away from faith, and this is what Luther always worried about, and what we worry about, then we have lost the point. So, Pastor, last thoughts, 30 seconds for our break. Well, when we we get back, we, we want to bring up the subject of Adiaphora, which, which deals exactly with what you just said. It deals with how do Christians treat traditions. And, and, and it's a really important doctrine because, as you said, we're not going to throw them out. Because traditions have a, have a place. Uh, it, it's a good thing, for example, we have the tradition of worshiping every Sunday because it means that I can pretty well figure if I need to hear a gospel message, I'm going to find somebody doing it on a Sunday morning. But on the other hand, you could do it Saturday night. You could do it Wednesdays. I know churches do it Monday. See, it, it's just a tradition. We could actually preach the gospel. Anytime. We could do it on a Tuesday morning if we wanted. Okay. But but so, so yeah. So when we get back, we can talk more about why traditions are good. Until they contradict the Word of God. Yeah. Very good. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that on the other side of our break. We are studying Matthew chapter 15 with Pastor John Lekomsky, and we'll be right back. Take a look around you. Look closely. Immigrants in the United States and their U.S.-born children now number about 81 million people, or 26% of the population. So chances are there's someone right in your community who doesn't speak English as a first language and who doesn't know Jesus. The Lutheran Heritage Foundation can help by providing you with free Lutheran books translated into over 90 languages. See their complete list of catechisms and Bible storybooks at lhfmissions.org. And welcome back. We are studying Matthew chapter 15 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And as we looked at the other side of our break, before we got, went to our break, I should say, I, I do want to say this, is that, you know, he's very direct. He says, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? So, like, we, we're going to talk about traditions. Then he shows them a com an actual commandment of the Lord that you know transcends the ceremonial and um, ceremonial civil laws, but gets to the moral law. So you're like, what about washing your hands? Well, let's take a step back here and ask, what about your mom and dad? What about authorities? So that's a distinction of of, of showing you know, this is actually from the Word of God for the sake of you know that will continue on. Um, the other one is purely ceremonial that is not necessarily needed for the sake of faith. And plus, you can wash your hands, but don't make it a faith issue. But honoring your authorities, that's a faith issue. If you're not following that, that that is that is a faith issue. So we get to that. And like you said, you want to talk a little bit about traditions and, 
and how we look at that faithfully. So your thoughts? Well, and I, I like what you said there because, see, uh, I, again, it's a good thing to wash hands. I hope we've made that perfectly clear. I, I don't want parents calling me. <laughs> okay. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, it, it's a great <laughs> thing. Made that known. But, but see, it's not a word of God. It's not a word of God. And, and that, it, it, it intrigues me that he says that, that you, your tradition, he says, has made void. It's made empty. It's, it's taken everything out of, and he doesn't say the, the commandments of God. But he says the word of God, see, because mm, that's mm. that's the dangerous thing when your traditions start to take priority, because there is no salvation apart from the word of God. And, and here's where it gets to be dangerous, see, because now you're beginning to think that the tradition is what's important. The tradition is what saves us. The tradition is what makes us uh, uh, undefiled. The tradition is what makes us pure. The tradition is what makes us spiritually whole in front of God. And that's not at all what the Word of God says, okay? Uh, so you're right. He's given us one example here of a commandment. But I think he would, he would probably even have more to say, and he will in the future, about what you said, the issue is faith. See, because traditions are good. There's nothing wrong with them until they lead you away from faith, uh, lead you away from the word of God. And then as he says, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite because I know you guys are doing all this. On, and see, again, that's the point. The tradition is not taking care of where the problem is. You guys are really good with your lips, he says. Oh, they honor with their lips. And that's why we're washing our hands because we honor the Lord. This is why. We, and I don't know what's wrong with you guys because you don't wash your hands. Obviously, you're not honoring the Lord. But Jesus says, you know, your problem is, though, your heart is far from me. The heart is nowhere where it needs to be. And then we have this classic passage, in vain do they worship me. Uh, literally in the, the Greek, it says, teaching the teachings, teaching the teachings uh, as the commandments of men. Um, and the word there for teachings is a word that means to take the word of God and to apply it to people's daily lives. But that's not what they're doing. They're not taking the word of God, applying it to people's daily lives. They're taking their commandments, the things they said are important, and applying it to daily uh, men's daily lives. Yeah. So let's look at that because in verses 8 and 9, he called well, 7, 8, 9, he, he calls them hypocrites because— they're not even they they're not even consider considering the honoring the father and mother, and then he goes to Isaiah twenty nine, the people on verse eight, the people honors me with their lips, so they're saying, oh yeah, I believe, and this goes back to other parts in in the scriptures where it says, you know, all who say Lord Lord will not be saved, you know, um, and then but their heart is far from me, referring to faith because he's going to talk about the heart, or <laughs> the next portion. Oh, yeah. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Verse 9 is very important for us as Christians, especially within our tradition as Lutherans. So, Pastor, do you want to break that down now as a certain word called adiaphora and why that's an important word that we, that we speak right. about a lot? So, so, so we, we have a list of what we believe and teach as Lutherans. It's called the Lutheran Confessions. Uh, and within one of those, there's an article about adiaphora, it says. Uh, and it actually references this particular verse as what they would call the sadist doctrinae. 
I, I just throw that out to mm. impress people. I don't actually speak Latin, <laughs> but it's the one Latin phrase I mean. And you can kind of hear it, Satus Doctrina. It's the center. It's the core. It's the seed of what the teaching is all about. And let me just read you what, what, what the, the confessions say. It says, to settle this dispute, because there was an argument about how you handle traditions. There is an argument. To settle this dispute, we unanimously believe, teach, and confess. All right? Unanimously believe, teach, and confess that ceremonies are ecclesiastical practices that are neither commanded nor forbidden in God's word. See, there's the operative thing in God's word, okay? But have been established only for good order and decorum, which I'm sure washing your hands would be a thing of decorum, are in and of themselves neither worship ordained by God nor a part of such worship. In vain do they worship me with human precepts. Then it quotes Matthew 15, 9. Um, and, and, and see, that's the problem. It's not bad to have a tradition about washing your hands, but these people thought that's what made them good in the eyes of God, which is why, of course, you and your disciples, Jesus, are not good. You are defiled in the eyes of God because you're not keeping this tradition. Um, and, and Brady, I'm going to say something, and if I say stop me, you can turn off my mic, can't you? <laughs> Take a take a deep breath before you say this. Let's right. reconsider how we're going to say it, and then go ahead. Well, because our, ours is a church that has gathered up a lot of traditions. And mm -hmm. again, the thing to understand about traditions when we say that they're adiaphora is to say that they really don't they don't matter they they don't they don't save you, but they don't harm you either. There's no harm in them. And so that's what you got to be careful. I'm not saying, as you said earlier before we took, took the break, you know, we're not teaching like some people. There are some people who say, oh, we got to get rid of all traditions. Uh, in fact, right. th this happened when, when the Reformation got started. There were people that they, they threw out all the statues of Jesus. Because they said, oh, that's not good. That was that was Roman Catholic stuff. We can't do that. Uh, and, and they wouldn't wear robes. They wouldn't wear robes because, oh, that's, again, that's what Catholics do. And they got rid of candles even. Who who doesn't like a candle? What You, you give your wife a candle for Valentine's Day. They love candles. There's a Valentine idea for everyone who's listening to us today. Uh, um, but, see, they threw all those out because that's tradition. We don't want any tradition. No, no, it's, uh, traditions are fine. They don't hurt you. You can have all the traditions you want. As long as you remember that, okay, that they're not, and this is really a powerful word in, in, in the German, Gottesdienst. Doesn't that sound powerful? Gottesdienst, the yeah, worship of God. And not, that, that's not a worship of God, though. Please understand that. Uh, um, so, so I have a proposal, and here's where I might get myself into trouble. But, but I hope people understand I'm talking tongue-in-cheek here, Brady, okay? How about we get rid of Lent? Get rid of Lent. Now, I'm not saying we get rid of it completely, but just this year. Just this year, we're all tired from COVID and everything. Why don't we just take a break and not have Lent this year? Uh, you'd be all right with that. It'd be one less sermon you have to preach every other week, right? Give you a little extra time. No comment. No comment. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and the lay people, I'm sure the lay people, they wouldn't care if they don't have to go twice a week. Although probably they wouldn't go anyway if, if they weren't going to come. They, they would. Uh, but but see, there are people right now who hear that and say, oh, that's horrible, that's terrible, you can't get rid of Lent. But honest to God, we could. There's no commandment of the word that says we have to celebrate the season of Lent. Uh, in fact, Lent as we know it now is actually a fairly modern phenomenon. 
the length of Lent has gone up and down throughout the history of the church. Uh, and in fact, if you read Martin Luther, he really thought what well, we re- we need to keep Holy Week. He said, you can't get rid of Holy Week because we got to go through the word of God about what Christ did on the cross. That's worth doing. See, but, but now, now here's my other problem though, because here's the flip side of Adiaphora. So you got a guy like me that says, let's just throw out all the traditions. But there's somebody out there that that's going to trouble. And I'm not talking about the the, uh, hard-hearted people. Let them be troubled. Let them be offended. But I'm talking about the weak people out there that might say, oh, I I don't like what that Pastor John says, so I'm I'm not going to listen to him anymore. Or or they might say, well, I'm not going to go to that church anymore because I don't like, but they, they they didn't do Lent this year. And the problem is maybe they won't go anywhere. See? Um, and that's the tension of the doctrine of Adiaphora, that on sometimes we'll keep traditions even though we don't need to keep them because we, we don't want to drive people away, especially weak people. And we're going to see a weak person in, in the following verses when we start talking to Peter. And Jesus deals with him totally different than he deals with the Pharisees. Uh, I don't know. So I, maybe I've said too much or too little. I don't know. What, what do you think, Brady? Well, and it, it, it really just comes, it does come down to this reality that we're not saying, okay, everyone get rid of Lent so we can actually figure this thing out. You yeah. know, um, it, it, it comes down to exactly what Jesus is saying is let's get back to faith. And guess what? When, when, when Lent is done faithfully, it's about Jesus. Yes. <laughs> when, yes. When, when doing these traditions, that we have, assuming it's about the word of God, which is what Luther was very adamant about. Like you said, the stat, the problem is not the statue is if, yeah, people are bound to the statue and it's not about Jesus. Well, then, yeah, we need to get rid of that statue. But if, if that statue is Jesus, then then that's good. I mean, it's good to have Jesus. I mean, this is this is good stuff. Um, so, like you said, there are traditions that basically got rid of music. I mean, they got rid oh, of yeah. Everything where they're like, no, 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 that's what Catholics do. We don't do that. Like, no, that's not the problem. The problem is we need to teach. We need to get back to, and that's what Jesus does here. He's like, okay, let's 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 get back to the word. And the word says this about honor your father and mother. And you're not following that. And so you're speaking what people think is the right language, but you're not actually pointing to the word of God and to faith in the Lord. And ultimately, if you're not focused there and the word is standing right in front of you, you're never going to get to Jesus because you're so focused on the hands that are not washed as opposed to, well, as we, you know, this is the gospel handle on this, is the hands that would have the nails driven into them for your sins. You'll never get there because you're so focused on your own hands being clean. So so thank you because I think you've, you've helped me even understand better what I was trying to say. So let's suppose <laughs> we got rid of Lent and we said, aren't we holier? than the people that right. do Lent, because we got rid of Lent. Right. See, we're, we're not bound by any tradition. Look at us, see? You're right. Yeah, right, then, right. Then we've missed- and then you call your new tradition. Yeah, you know? yeah. then we have it's a new tradition. Exactly- the, not, the not Lenten people, because <laughs> that makes us better. Yes. Uh, well, uh, and, and that's, that's I, I bring it back to my, my daughter's swim team, is yeah, that, yeah. let's just say they got rid of Olive Garden, they got rid of the camping night out, everything else, and then they're like, see, now we're more focused on swimming. Well, okay. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that you're doing those traditions. Um, but it's a good reminder for all of us, you know, do we need to do this? One, does it reflect the word of God? And two, um, are we able to see Jesus in the midst of this? And so maybe we do get rid of some of those traditions around Lent. Maybe you don't need that meal beforehand. Maybe you don't need those those other 
little things um, that, that, that can easily keep us away. I'm not saying get rid of the Lenten meals. We know that that's always a fun thing, um, but it's something for us to always evaluate, but not to get rid of it and go, see, look at us. Now we're more holy than that church down the road that has Lenten meals. <laughs> then we're losing. We're losing the point. That's right. We're just coming for the word of God. We're not coming for the food. That may, <laughs> yes. Uh, but now, see, now, now, Brady, you're, you're, we're getting to the heart of, of the issue, see, because yeah. we are just, we are determined to justify ourselves, either by yeah. what we do or by what we don't do. So, so yeah. here's the thing. If you're celebrating Lent thinking that because you've given up chocolate for six weeks, this is going to somehow make you more special in the eyes of God. And by the way, I give up broccoli, and this year I'm going to give up asparagus too, because I'm just that kind of devoted spiritual person. Yeah, right. That's that's a big deal. So, yeah. so if you're doing that, then obviously that's a sin. That's a sin. That is wrong. That is not good. That is a terrible, horrible tradition. We should get rid of. But oh, let me let me put it another way: if you think you're going to be holier because you go to church twice a week during Lent. That's that's not good either, is it? Or, or if you think I've got my six weeks of repentance in, so I'm done for the year, right? I did my six weeks of penance, so I'm done for the year. Oh, my goodness. I do believe we teach that you need to repent daily. Isn't that what we believe and teach? Isn't that what the Bible says? That we should repent all the time? So, no, if you think you're getting your penance out of the way. But, but you're, it's not the problem with Lent, isn't it? No, there's a different problem, and I guess we better move on the text because Jesus is going to spell out what the problem is. It has nothing to do with traditions. Okay, that's not where the problem lies. But I'm, I, we need to read the next verses, I think. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to read uh, verses 10, and I'll, I'll see where I end. I mean, this is okay. one of the great things me with Pastor Lukomsky is I don't know when he's going to interrupt me, so I just keep <laughs> going. So right, I'm going to interrupt you after verse 10. <laughs> that's right. Okay. And he called the people to him, to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Now, I'm going to stop there, and, and I want to hear your thoughts, but I first want to say this, is that we will often hear, you know, I feel in my heart that I need to do this. Yeah. Or, um, you know, uh, uh, what does your heart have to tell you? And I, and my poor kids, I, I emphasize this them too a lot is, well, you know what Jesus says about the heart. And then we get into this passage and they drive some nuts and all this, because there's, when we speak about the heart, it's important too that often in scripture, it's about faith. So we're not saying that, you know, that, okay, when Jesus says that, then, then, you know, there's a distinction we have to make there, but here he is definitely saying that it comes from the heart. We got to be careful because once again, is that about faith or is this about me or is this about Jesus? And we have to make sure we distinguish. What are your thoughts well, on verses 10? So, so here's the thing. And, and, and there is this uh, thought amongst Christians that, right, you have to receive Jesus with your heart. In fact, maybe you're even exhorted that that's to open your heart to Jesus. Uh, and what we're going to see here in just a moment is that ain't going to work. <laughs> okay. Because the heart you start off with 
isn't totally incapable of doing anything when it comes to faith. Uh, as we say in the third uh, article of the Creed, I believe I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. And we're going to see why. Because the heart that you're born with, is, is it's totally incapable of doing any kind of spiritual thing. Loves to do traditions, no doubt about that. It loves to do things and to say, now I'm holy, now I'm good, now I'm better. But of course, no, it, it doesn't change what's inside of us. Um, and, and the other thing that we need to, before we move on, is this whole word defile. That, that's why I wanted you to stop here. Mm-hmm. Because as I said earlier, the word in the Greek there actually means to be common, to be common. And, and, and the Jews actually had a pretty good understanding of what it is to be holy. Uh, because again, the, the word holy again in the Bible means to be set apart, to be separate. And that was their concept. Here's what's so bad about not washing your hands, because now you're like everybody else out there. We're different. We do things differently. See, because we do things differently, it sets us apart. Now, the concept is right. What we need to do is we need to be set apart. We need to be set apart from everyone else out there. The problem is that you're not set apart by what you do, particularly what you do externally. Um, we will do things differently as Christians, but, but that isn't what's going to sanctify you. That's the word we use to be sanctified. No, no, because sanctification is something God does. God is the one who does something that sets you apart. And then as a consequence of being set apart, yeah, we start doing things that reflect that set apartness, but it's not, it's not, it's not us. Uh, so they're right that we, we don't want to be common. We don't want to be like everybody else. Uh, but they're wrong in how that separation takes place. Uh, it's not a work that we can accomplish, as we'll see in the, in the next few verses, because we just can't. But it is something that God will do for us. And here's, here's what I want to do. We have about seven minutes left okay. in our time. So I, I want to get to verse 16 through 20. Because he gives a parable that even um, Peter didn't understand. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. So let's uh, let's get to the explanation simply because of time. Okay. And I really want to get to yeah. this. Verse 16 to the end. And he said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So he gets right to the explanation. He speaks about the heart, and what is he telling us? So, so I, I want to point out, first of all, that when he's dealing with the Pharisees, he, he, he mocks them. He's really, really very rough. And in fact, Peter earlier said the Pharisees were offended when they heard your saying, okay? (laughs) And that was his intent. But now he's got a a weak Christian who just really doesn't understand. And of course, he does kind of roll his eyes, doesn't he? Do you not understand yet? (laughs) He's probably thinking, man, everything I've taught you and seen. But, But you'll notice he answers him, doesn't he? And he answers them in a rather friendly tone. Let's sit and think through this, Peter. So think about it, Peter. When you take something in your mouth, does it really change anything on the inside of you? No, it goes through your gut, and and, and the Greek literally says you pass it into the latrine. The Greek is very, very literal here, you know. That's what happens. It goes in your mouth, and you, and you poop it out. Okay, pardon my French. Peter, 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 that's not the problem, is it? It's not what's going in our mouth. 
It's what comes out of our mouth from our heart. And there, my dear Peter, that's the thing these Pharisees don't understand. And that's why they're hypocrites, because their lips are okay. They're washing their hands. They're really good at that. But even as they do that, they think that they're better than other people, and they're critical of other people, and they come to accuse me and to accuse you. There's no love in their heart, no compassion. Uh because that's the problem. Out of the heart comes all these things, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. This is what, this is what, this is what makes us common, see? Because isn't that what Paul said? All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is what defiles us, what makes us common. So we're going to need something really, really radical to change that. Um, and, and I just want to point out, since we're running out of time, it's exactly what God wants to do for us. For everyone who's listening to me right now, who understands, yeah, this is in my heart. I, I'm, I still have lust. I have anger. I have all these things. They're still in my heart. They're in the hearts of the people that are listening to us. Uh, and, and no external ritual is going to change that. But here's what God says he wants to do in Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Um, and, and the thing is, he's going to do that by the things I talked about at the beginning, Brady, uh, by, by teaching us about a God who is a God of love and mercy, a father who just patiently waits for his children to come to him and goes looking for them when they don't, a, a God who wants to forgive us. His desire to forgive us is so great he'd even die to accomplish that, and he did. And then there's a Holy Spirit that just wants us to give us that faith. And you don't have to work for it. There's no ritual you need to perform to do that. Uh, uh, he, he just wants to give it to you as a free gift. Uh, and I suppose I need to point out that he's told us how he's going to do that. Uh, there is a thing called baptism. There's a thing called the Lord's Supper. There's a thing called studying the Word of God, as you and I are doing. There's a thing called listening to the preaching of the gospel. Uh, uh, he, he, well, I don't know. Where, where do you want to go from here, Brady? I don't even know what time we have left. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, right. You're losing track of where we are. Yeah, yeah we have about four minutes okay. left in our time here. And I really like how you— brought that back because first of all like as 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 you are listeners and for pastor and myself is that you realize that your heart is dark you know this is very scripturally um, how we see things that from our heart it's almost like there are times where we say things we can't even believe we said it like how did that come out yeah. how did that happen um and then there's like you said lust and other immoral activity that comes out of, of our heart if you will which just breaks down like if you get that flutter of a feeling of some sort and say i need to do this we all need to like we talked about pastor lakomsky today take a breath Let's make sure this lines up with the word of God because we because the heart can lead us astray. And that's why when we hear of words like in Ezekiel 36, where it talks about how he will give you a new heart, which shows us by a new spirit, which points us to the faith that we have in Christ who gives us a new heart. And you know, if you say, well, I have lust in my heart. I have, I've said these things. I've done these things. This is something that I desire. Um, well, join the club is probably the best way to say oh. it. It puts us all in the same playing field. But it is our Lord who gives us a new heart. Not a heart to say that there, I won't ever do those things ever again. But we do the same thing. Repentance and faith. Contrition 
and faith is what he calls us to do. And that's what he gives. This is the forgiveness of sins that pastor's talking about. This is all of that. Don't try to go by your heart. Look to Jesus, how he fulfills the law and what he points us today again, which is faith in him. Pastor, we have about a minute okay. left. What are your last so, thoughts? So this is why we've had this contrast throughout these verses of the word of God that contrast tradition versus the word of God. Because tradition, tradition is going to harm you, but it's not also, it's got, it has no power to save you either. But the word of God is very clear, right? You, you want to get your sins washed away? The word of God is very clear. Go get baptized if you haven't done so. That washes away our sins. That's not what I said. That's what the word of God says. You, you want to have forgiveness of sins? Go eat and drink that, that bread and wine, which is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Because again, that's what the word of Jesus says, right? This is my body. This is my blood given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Go listen. Listen, because that's what he says. Faith comes from hearing. He says, that's what the word of God says, see? So so we need to understand that because these things, baptism, the supper, the preaching, those aren't rituals, okay? Those aren't traditions. Those are exactly what Jesus is talking about. There's the word of God, and they're the word of God that takes that dirty, stinking, sinful heart of ours and makes it pure and clean and sets us apart. We really are set apart, not by anything we've done, but by the grace and forgiveness that Jesus Christ has given us. And then go out and live your life, okay, as someone who has been set apart and who knows that God wants to set everybody apart. He wants to give everybody that same forgiveness and grace. Do you think the Pharisees cared at all about Jesus and his apostles? I don't think he cared at all about them. They just wanted to show them that they're wrong. God grant us that we'll show everybody how God loves and forgives them as he's loved and forgiven us. Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, giving us God's strong word from Matthew chapter 15. Pastor Lekomsky, thank you for bringing us his gifts. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand. <music>